And welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We are live here at Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill. I am your host, Richard Holdridge, alongside my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. Corey, it's just a great time to be here at Ivy. We got the Georgia-Georgia Tech basketball game playing in the background. You got clean, old-fashioned hate on the hardwood. That is always fun. Corey, I'm looking forward to this show. Uh, just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE. 99.1 FM, the key from 2 to 3. And we are also brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Corey, what's going on? Nothing much, Richard. So tell us what's been going on with the Heisman Trophy candidates that are going on for this college football season. How do you feel about them? Who do you think is going to win? Give us a little thoughts, Richard. Well, we have four candidates that have been invited to New York and that's Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, TCU quarterback Max Duggan, USC quarterback Kayla Williams, and Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. He is the first Georgia player to be invited to New York since Garrison Hurst in 1992, and I think Stetson Bennett is going to win the Heisman. Incredible. When's the last time you heard about a Heisman that came on as a walk-on? That's right, Richard, a guy who did not have a scholarship. He earned it by his really getting into the starting lineup. And not only that, he's led this Georgia Bulldog team to stardom. And they are the number one seed going to this college football playoff. He is a stout runner, but at the at the same time, he has ability to make the throws. We've seen him make those throws all year long at Darnell Washington. He was a great tight end. And in regards to the other tight end that they have in terms of the Swiss Army Knife. But the thing is, is that part of the reason why that Stetson Bennett has been the front runner for the Heisman Trophy is because of his offensive line. You can't say it enough. Well, Ben Savage is too old to play Stetson Bennett in the movie that's going to come out in about five years. But I tell you, Stetson Bennett and what he has done, you've written this guy off. I mean, Georgia fans wanted to write him off. They wanted to start JT Daniels, which he's about to enter the transfer portal for, you guessed it, the fourth time Stetson Bennett has just got that it factor. He may not be the most talented as far as arm strength, but I believe he's going to win a second national championship for the University of Georgia. He's already won an SEC championship. He is going to bring home the Heisman, and I think he's going to make an NFL roster in 2023. Very interesting. But the, my personal opinion, the guy who I think is most talented that has the highest ceiling out of all these candidates, that would be C.J. Stroud at the Ohio State University. He's got all the pickings to be a great quarterback at the next level. He has ability to get outside the talk, tackle box, making necessary throws on the run. But he's got a lot of vision, and he's able to survey the field and throw that long ball down the field, whether it's a flag route that he throws up to uh, – to, pretty much the son of Marvin Harrison in that regard, who's one of the best receivers in the game. Those That tandem between C.J. Stroud and Harrison Jr. really recaps it in that regard. I think he's got a strong case for the Heisman Trophy. He is the best athlete, in my personal opinion, out of the four. All right, and we also had World Cup games. I mean, I was watching the World Cup, Portugal dominating Switzerland Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't even entered into the game until the 71st minute. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Columbus Rapids general manager Warren Fundevestuzen on the show along with our sponsor for tonight, Tackle 22 Fishing, Eddie Anderson, and Columbus Rapids player 
Shava Reze. I hope I got that name right, but they will be on the show shortly. Uh, let's talk about high school football championships because starting Thursday, the only local team here in the Chattahoochee Valley, I would consider Ellaville part of the Chattahoochee Valley, Schley County is kicking things off, taking on Bowden, and then later you got Swainsboro taking on Prince Avenue Christian. Friday, the 2A state title game, Fitzgerald taking on Thompson. The 4A state title game, Cedartown taking on Benedictine. The 6A state title game, Gainesville taking on Langston Hughes. And then Saturday, Sandy Creek taking on Cedar Grove. Ware County taking on Warner Robins, which we had the opportunity to see Warner Robins in action. And followed by the final the final game, 7A, Carrollton taking on Mill Creek. Let's talk a little bit about this Warner Robins team. Yeah, we saw them in yeah, action. Yeah, we saw them in action. We called them when we were on ESPN radio earlier. In on 95-7. On 95-7 in the playoffs. They were taking and, on Northside. And what can I say about that team? My goodness, they started off very, very slow when they were on a losing streak. But when it came down to playing football in these last about seven, about nine weeks in the year, they've been they've been stout on all sides of the football. Complete team, stout in between the tackles. They have linebackers who are able to roam sideline to sideline and fill those holes. And it's going to be a testament that they have had a very decent offensive line, very strong in the trenches. And we saw weeks ago when they played against that North Side team. I really think Warner Robins, known for their football, and they have won the state championship a couple different times. Who says they're not going to do it again? It looks like they could three-peat, and they would have just an incredible run. The Demons from Warner Robins, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I know they had uh, four losses in the regular season. But I tell you, I know that high school football is wrapping up, and we had the privilege to uh, call some high school football games this season. But the season's not over yet. We're going to honor some incredible student athletes. Uh, I happen to be uh, invited to the 15th annual Sports Visions High School and Junior High Luncheon at the St. Luke's Ministry Center, which will take place at 1130 on Thursday. I believe you're invited as well if you would like to join me because uh, it's a good opportunity just to honor these student athletes and really to put – uh, names with faces, you know, because we were able to call these games. Now we finally get to see the players. It's truly an opportunity for these guys and showing the accolades that they performed, not just on the football field. These guys are leaders going into that next level, and it's going to be a treat to see Coach Kirby Smart be able to put together a great press conference and be able to give out these awards in this banquet, Richard. I am looking forward to seeing Coach Smart. He just won an SEC championship, beating LSU 50-30. to 30. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I want to preview these college football semifinals because Georgia's taking on Ohio State in the Peach Bowl on New Year's Eve. I got Ohio State fans that, that live up in Kentucky, Tennessee. They're going to make this trip down there. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The Buckeyes, you're from the north. You know that the Buckeyes have a big following up north, but what is the key matchup that you see uh, having Georgia – Stetson Bennett, a Heisman finalist, taking on C.J. Stroud, another Heisman finalist, in the Peach Bowl for the college football semifinal for the right to go to the national championship. In order for this to happen, Georgia 
really strong in between the tackles. They're going to have to wear down Ohio State team. My personal opinion is more athletic, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to put together the game. So if you're Ohio State, you want to play speed ball. So pretty much you want to get the ball out quick and throw screen passes. You want to run those RPO options and get C.J. Stroud out on the outside from the Georgia team. Now, on the Georgia side of the football, you're going to have to play ground and pound and protect your quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who's going to be able to survey the field. If you let him have a clean pocket, he will make you pay. So it's going to be that's going to be the dynamic in the football game, and that's going to come down to who wants it more, and that's the analysis is for what has to happen in the football game. And I feel that Georgia got the raw end of the deal here. They're playing Ohio State, a team that they're only favored by six and a half. Michigan is favored by nine over TCU. I think they got the easier matchup. Uh, TCU still in this college football playoff after losing a very close game to Kansas State. The committee did not drop them in the rankings. You have Max Duggan, another Heisman finalist in this game. Uh, do you think that he could play the game of his life and TCU could knock off Michigan in an upset? There's definitely an opportunity for that to happen. The Horn Frogs defense, I'm going to tell you something. Their pass rush is one of the better in the entire NCAA. That's what's keeping them in ball games. But the truth and the matter is, is that Max Dugan all season long has had a clean pocket. So he's been able to make his reads and make his check down options, his slant routes. But at the moment in time, did we see Max Dugan being one of these guys that was going to be a leader and take his TCU Horn Frogs to this point in the year? No, we didn't. But I'm reminded of what Vince Young did in the 2006 National Championship, willing his team to victory over the USC Trojans. I see Max Duggan, who's just a leader out there. And you saw he got emotional in that press conference. I mean, he wanted that so bad. I know that TCU is still in it, but he wanted to go undefeated and win a Big 12 title for the Horned Frog Nation. Absolutely. They have to do it for my old teammate, Chris Gaynor. He was an offensive lineman for that TCU Horn Frogs team. Go Horn Frogs. All right. The final segment before we get Warren uh, on the show to talk a little bit about rapid soccer. Uh, we are going to go ahead and take a break. But first, I, I do want to talk about the NBA because right now it's playing on TNT. LeBron is returning to Cleveland. And I know that Cleveland's got a great record. And all of a sudden, uh, don't look now, the Los Angeles Lakers are starting to look pretty good. Anthony Davis scored 55 points. Uh, do you think that the Lakers are a real threat in the Western Conference, or are they just beating up on bad teams? They have had always the natural talent. When you have a guy like LeBron James, who's been a generational talent for the last 20 years, and he's still putting up the numbers and being able to facilitate it and all walks of the game, you always have a chance. But the question is, Anthony Davis is finally coming back into his true form. He is definitely not injured anymore. I mean, he's in the last couple of years, he's been very injury prone. But we got to see how dynamic he is when he's backing down his, the, the players in the lane and being able to do the jump hooks, being able to rebound the basketball, and being able to see numbers that he is putting up, seeing more double-doubles, more triple-doubles in that regard, and being more of a leader. It is apparent. I don't think this is a fluke. They've always had the talent, but it's a matter of consistency, Richard. 
Well, and plus the last time that LeBron and AD were healthy together, this was a playoff team. So we'll see how it goes. All right, we will be right back. We're going to take a quick break and stay tuned for the Off the Walls Columbus Rapids podcast coaches show live here at Ivy. We got a lineup of guests. Corey, I'm going to let you get back into your seat. Uh, It's been a pleasure having you on this part of the show, and uh, I will talk to you later. Always a pleasure, Richard. All right, that was my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. We'll be right back with Warren Fundervesusen on the show, the general manager for the Columbus Rapids. We'll be back with Warren. Good evening, soccer fans, and welcome to Off the Walls Rapids podcast, sponsored by National Audio Visual Services and Tackle 22. I am Richard Holdridge, alongside the general manager of the Columbus Rapids, Warren Fundervestazen. We are live here at Ivy Park Sports and Grill, and uh, we are getting ready to talk about soccer. Warren, great having you on the show. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, brother. It's been um, it's been a while since we did our um, NCAA championship game out there. That is incredible at Columbus State University. So absolutely, it's good, it's good to be back with you, man. I tell you, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to actually call that quarterfinal game as uh, Columbus State. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about Columbus State and the way they performed in the Final Four, and they were able to make history. And it was such a great broadcast, and I enjoyed uh, calling those games with you. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's a privilege that Jay, uh, working with Jay over the last few years and building that relationship and us being at the Rapids together and now keeping that relationship at Columbus State not only helps us get to talk about soccer during those games, but allows us to hopefully get more of their players to come into our program. So it's, it's all been good. And that was going to be my next question. Is it possible that we could see some of those members that were on the Final Four team in a Rapids uniform? Yeah, so speaking to Jay, uh, we're good. So he's, he's got the fifth-year seniors now, uh, thanks to COVID. Uh, they had their fifth-year completed this year so he's he's literally just sent a text saying um, he'll send us their contact numbers and the previous Columbus State players that came over had a good experience Um, they're pretty much the top top 15 percentile of our elite players so um, basically you bring on Columbus State players who just got to the semifinals of the NCAA tournament Um, our women's program is always going to be top in the country so well, Warren, we do have a great show for you tonight. We're going to have Eddie Anderson. He is the founder of Tackle 22, one of the sponsors for tonight. And he is going to get on uh, shortly and talk about his company. And a former Columbus State soccer player, a member of the Rapids team, Shava Razy, is going to be on the show as well. Looking forward to talking to her as well. But, Warren, i got to ask you, uh, you've been watching the World Cup? Every day. Um, three times a day. Um, it's, it's been a... This is the this is the life we live for. Is that one month of our life every two years? Because we got the women's World Cup coming as well. That's right. We get to eat, sleep, breathe, eat, sleep, breathe again, just watching every single game we can. So it's been incredible. It's been. I watched the World Cup in South Africa when we had it in South Africa, and that to me, obviously, being biased, is probably the best World Cup um, out there. But this has been. Not just technically incredible, but just the upsets have been absolutely at this park. It's unbelievable. 
Well, you talk about that South African World Cup. Spain won it in 2010. They yep. got upset yeah. by Morocco. And really, I couldn't believe Morocco got out of that group. They, they beat Belgium 2-0, and Belgium actually stayed home along with Germany. Uh, what team surprised you the most that, that did not advance out of the group? Belgium, Germany, Mexico, or Denmark? Yeah, so to get back to your question, I was amazed. I saw the stats about how there were only, I think, three or four teams that um, didn't get scored on or were undefeated. And I think USA was one of them. Um, they tied 2-1-1. Morocco was the other team. Um, so it was just surprising how I didn't expect Morocco at all, like being the only African country now left in the World Cup. I was absolutely surprised out of all the African teams, I think we sent five, that they would be the last one out of the group. I did not expect it. I expected Ghana to go through or Senegal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, I, you know, looking at Morocco again, they just beat probably who I thought should have been in the final against Brazil. So to say that they may go through to the final is, is not a it's not an understatement. Like it's this, this could be a real, real situation where we could have a first African team to be in a final could be Morocco. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the United States did uh, fall to the Netherlands on Saturday. I mean, I watch it. Christian Pulisic, he had an opportunity, and they, they did control the game a little bit. But Denzel Dumfries, two assists and a goal. Uh, he put the nail in the coffin toward the end. I mean, the United States made it interesting. But, Warren, I kind of felt like deja vu that they were playing, like, exactly the game they played against Belgium eight years ago. Yeah, and, and I think um, the Dutch coach, De Gaulle, he was saying the same thing. He was like, it was – he was, it was so predictable as to what the USA were going to do, which they play like the Dutch. You know, our um, Berhalter comes and follows the Dutch system. So he follows how Holland play. So the coach knew how he was going to play. He knew exactly what USA was going to do. USA didn't adjust anything at all, and obviously the Dutch did. And he knew our playbook even better than we did. Um, but in saying that, you know, I think the U.S., um, not outperformed themselves, but they got to a point which they never did last time. They never got to the World Cup. So they surpassed that. They got there. Um, and it's not just that they got to the World Cup. They, they st they're playing football. Like previously when you watch the, the U.S. play, it was very direct. It was, it was using what the U.S. was always known for. They were big, strong, athletic specimens, you know, and they would fight, and they would, which they still have that in them. But that's how the U.S. was known for, whether, whether you're from any, any other country. That's what you knew when you're coming against the U.S. When now they're playing football. Like, they're out there playing the game. Um, they're not afraid. They're aggressive. They're keeping the ball on the ground. Um, so there are a lot of positives that Burhalter has put in this new U.S. squad. And it, it's a cultural thing, which the Rapids is what we're trying to change or trying to add to the Rapids is this word culture. And... Burhalter has created a culture. It's it's a soccer-specific, tiki-taki, like the Dutch play culture. So, sure, we didn't go through. We got to the quarterfinals, well, the last 16, which was fantastic, I think, for the U.S. And the fact that there is a style of play and that these kids, which are the youngest team in the tournament, mm -hmm. probably their average age is maybe 26. I don't know what it is. But just looking at the numbers, I'm like, this is the youngest team in the World Cup. They're going to be together for another two more World Cups. Like, it's, it's an exciting time for the U.S. soccer, man. 
Do you have an early prediction of who is going to be in the World Cup final? Yeah, Brazil, without a doubt. Um, the way they played, um, it was just – they're just that good. Um, it, it's so easy for them. They play the same way, and even though you know what they're doing, you cannot compete. So, Brazil in the final. Um, now, they play Croatia next, and they would play the winner – if they advance, they would play the winner of Argentina and the Netherlands? Yeah, so I would probably see them in Argentina, all south – uh, I th- final. I think you're looking at Brazil and Argentina in the semis, and I'm going to say France and Portugal in the other side of the bracket. But, Warren, this is what I would love to see. Messi versus Ronaldo. Argentina versus Portugal. Yeah. Did you see how Portugal just dominated the game against Switzerland? And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't even play until the 71st minute. He didn't even start. Which I heard about that. Um, I hear this um – unrest and even in his own country for him not to start like that basically his people and the soccer gods and in Portugal feel like he's not performing and that's incredible that you have a an absolutely incredible athlete such as Ronaldo out there and you know the coach made a decision that was probably a correct one um, that he's not not to start just because he's not performing um, and just imagine the other player. Like if we had a Ronaldo on our team, I think he probably would have put that ball in the back of the net if he was in Pulisic's situation. You got a player like that. We're up 1-0 against Holland, and probably coming back into the next round if you had a Ronaldo and he's not even starting. So, but yeah, I probably see France and um, Brazil in the final. That's a, that's a great pick. Uh, you can't count out the defending World Cup uh, champions from 2018. And Mbappe, probably yeah. one of the best, youngest soccer players. He actually has nine goals in World He's played in two World Cups. Yep. He was the youngest player to score in a World Cup in 2018. He's only 23. Is Mbappe right now the best soccer player in the world? He's got to be. You've got five goals in the World Cup. I'm like, you're playing against the best players in the world, and it's just so easy for him. So, and that's the thing with Pulisic, like he's one of our best players in the U.S. And you talk about a, a specimen, but he performs at the elite times. And that's what makes a true athlete. Like when I've always played against professional players and they talk about how good they are. But when you get to a national title or you get to a championship game and you don't perform, that's when you separate yourself from the other, from the other players. And Mbappe, is, he does it every time. So he is by far at the moment one of the top five with Messi. Uh, um, so it's, it's, it's exciting, man. And Warren, that is a great segue to our first trivia question of the night. Can y'all hear me in the back over there? This is our first trivia question of the night. If you are watching us online, you can answer in the comments section and you can pick up your prize at the office of the Columbus Rapids, which is located right in that historic Golden Park, Columbus Civic Center area in Columbus. All right, here we go. Here is the question. Which country has the most World Cup titles? Which country? I don't need the answer. I don't need to see how many how many titles that this country has won, but which country has the most World Cup titles? Go ahead and shout out the answer if you're here at Ivy or just put it in the comment section. Brazil. Oh, yes. We have it. The answer is Brazil. You have won a prize. Uh, come on up and get your prize. And 
yes, Brazil, which has not won a World Cup since 2002. They are long overdue. It's nice to see Myanmar get his first goal of the World Cup. But uh, Brazil has just been a powerhouse. I remember as a kid watching Brazil win it all in 1994. I remember the United States played them in the round of 16, and Bebeto scored the only goal, and the United States lost to Brazil one to nothing. That's how crazy it is. We all remember where we were. Congratulations. Yes. Well, that was fun. Um, Well, Warren, let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about um, this uh, Concord Fire tournament that just happened. You were very involved in it. Uh, Just a recap of that and then uh, that tournament that's going on in Opelika with the Opelika Crush as well. Yeah, Yeah. so again, our our biggest goal this season for the Rapids is our relationships with with the youth organizations. Um, so our job with Columbus Rapids is just to partner with as many youth clubs as possible and support them in any way. So Concord reached out to the Rapids, um, asked us if we could uh, run their tournament. So we ran their tournament out there oh, the weekend before Thanksgiving. I believe it was like November 19th. Um, and it was the largest tournament that has been put on at Woodruff Soccer Complex um, since Georgia State hosted um, their ODP um, tournament there. So we had 175 teams that came out to the tournament, uh, teams from all, all around the southeast. And, yeah, it was, it was a great success. Um, we'll be seeing a lot of those fans at our games now. So, again, just a great opportunity for us to meet, you know, our kids, parents, and just to get – Rapids out into that tournament and and for us to go and meet the future Rapids and, and obviously f- put fans in our stadium. You know, outside the Columbus area, we do have other club teams. and We have the Opelika Crush. We have uh, the Smith Station, Sousa, yeah. out of Smith Station. Uh, but Opelika, let, let's talk a little bit about the Opelika Crush and what they have going on. Yeah, so I helped out um, on the referee side um, at Opelika Crush, um, there's a shortage of referees, which I don't know why, since they get abused so much. But um, so BJ, he's a gentleman that um, is from Montgomery that r- ran our referees for our tournament. Um, so I supported Opelika Crush in running their lo- this past tournament called um, Battle on the Rails. Um, so that just got, took place this last week, and they also had their biggest tournament. So just shows you that soccer is growing in the south. Um, and they had 75 teams out there. So, again, another support for Opelika Crush running their tournaments um, after Thanksgiving. And then another tournament that will be coming up is Auburn Thunder. We'll be hosting a tournament out in February. So, again, Rapids will be out there, um, hopefully supporting them and getting out into that community. And then Jared, who is a big part of the Rapids um, and basically did what I did last year, um, he's the director and operating manager for Smith Station. So, yeah, plenty, plenty cl- local clubs within a 45-minute uh, radius of Columbus Rapids. You know, probably taking all of these clubs into account, we got CYSC as well that practices out there with Concord at Woodruff Soccer Complex. Um, you got the Rangers out there. All these uh, clubs combined, you probably got about 5,000 kids within 45 minutes of our stadium. So great support, great opportunities uh, just for the Rapids and all these kids to experience professional indoor soccer. 
Soccer is definitely growing in the Fountain City. I cannot wait for that friendly on December mm. 29th. Yeah. And then, of course, the home opener on February the 1st. Uh, our next guest that we're going to bring out, he is the founder of Tackle 22. Please welcome to the show, Eddie Anderson. Come on, Eddie. Uh, we got a microphone here for you. Oh, man. What is going on? What's Great up, to fellas? have you here Thank you on the show. We just want to represent uh, Tackle 22. Just just tell the audience a little bit about your company and how you got it started and, and what do you guys offer? Right. So uh, Tackle 22 Fishing, we're on our first full year as a nonprofit organization. And what we do organizationally is we take veterans, uh, active duty service members and retirees on no cost fishing excursions. Uh, all across the country through our growing network of volunteers. And to date, we are uh, about 115 trips completed this year uh, for veterans. And if you take into account that our volunteer staff are all veterans themselves, uh, and many of us, including myself, uh, you know, affected by post-traumatic stress, that's 230 veterans who've gone out fishing under our name this year, which is absolutely incredible. Um, <clears throat> we got founded or uh, back in 2007, about a year after I returned home from Iraq, uh, just really before being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and really understanding the changes within myself, uh, just started a lot of self-destructive type behaviors. You know, I was messing up at work, I was drinking a lot, fighting, and ultimately I, uh, I set a date to take my own life. And uh, I was just waiting for that date to come, getting my affairs in order. And my boss, my enlisted boss in the Marine Corps, uh, came up to me and said, you know, Sergeant Anderson, you're going fishing with me this weekend. Uh, before, before I went fishing with him, you know, I, I was never a big fisherman. You know, my, my parents, uh, my father grew up in Chicago. You know, my mother, we always had horses, but we never, never really fished. And uh, it, it just completely got me out of got me out of my head it got me out of my house it uh it gave me a positive way to channel my my energy my anger and just understand what's going on and it brought me peace um unfortunately uh eight years later <clears throat> the marine that saved my life ultimately took his own uh through his own struggle so uh, a very large part of what we do is founded in his memory as well as the memory of my my girlfriend's cousin tyler who was active duty army and uh, took his own life uh, a few years ago in North Carolina. So um, it, it's very impactful. You know, it comes from it comes from the heart. We, you know, a, as a veteran, um, it just got tired of getting those phone calls or finding out on social media that another another brother or sister that I had served with uh, was no longer here. You know, and just following up on what KB did for me. You know, I, I figured if it if it could work for me, it could work for someone else. And, you know, thank God for, for my girlfriend, Brandy. You know, when we first moved to Columbus, I was taking people out fishing, just trying to make fishing friends and learn the, the waters around Columbus. And it wound up being a lot of veterans and retirees. And it just, it brought out a passion in me that I didn't know, I didn't know was there. Mm -hmm. And without... Without her, Tackle 22 fishing wouldn't be a thing. She, you know, we were sitting there, and uh, she's like, you know, why don't you do something with it? You know, turn it into something. Obviously, this is something that's very important to you. It's making a difference out there in the lives of veterans. Why not Why not expand on that and build on that? So we did, and yeah. here we are. Well, we thank you for your service. 
Um, I know being in Columbus and we have Fort Benning, I mean, you've gotten an opportunity to meet a lot of veterans, a lot of uh, people that are currently serving. But uh, what are some of the type of uh, areas that you, you take these veterans fishing? Is it here in Columbus or do you go uh, away from this area? Uh, me personally, I've kind of scaled back on uh, doing trips myself just because I have an organization to run. And uh, we we uh, founded, we started our volunteer program January 1st of this year. So I've taken on more of an administrative role. But, you know, going out fishing with the men and women who serve our country is still a large passion of mine. So, uh, you know, I get in wherever I can. Uh, I support other organizations, other nonprofits in the area who uh, do similar things or work with veterans. It always try to get involved with any veterans group uh and help out but um i love the columbus area because you know i think there's five lakes within one hour mm-hmm. as well as as the river itself so you know the the actual fishing opportunities here in west georgia and on you know the east side of alabama is absolutely incredible you know the fisheries here are amazing and you know having a large veteran and retiree um populace you know, it makes what, what we do that much more important in, in this community. Well, you, you mentioned, like, we have uh, Lake Oliver. We have the, you know, the Chattahoochee West Point Lake. I mean, right. but you also have some Lake Eufaula is a place that's uh, near. It's about an hour away. I mean, yeah. you also have Lake Lanier. I mean, there's a lot of areas where you can have an opportunity to go fishing. But uh, that experience of actually being out on the lake on a boat, I mean, I know that it had an impact on my life, you know, going fishing with, with my dad. But uh, what does that mean to that person that you're taking or your company that's taking out fishing? I mean, really, it's not really about just catching the fish. It's just about that time, that right. time bonding out in the lake in, in the boat. Right. So the, the, the only, only person that will understand a veteran of our, of our military is another veteran. Everyone else has secondhand information. You know, so being able to get and, you know, get out with someone who speaks the same language uh, is is absolutely valuable uh, for your own mental health, for comfort reasons. You know, when I was first transitioning out of the military, uh, I could be in a room full of civilians uh, as, you know, a recently departed veteran. And I've never felt more alone in my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the fishing is actually secondary. It's, it's more building the camaraderie, building up the community, a network of support. Uh, what was incredible about Columbus is we started doing, or I started doing the fishing trips with these veterans, and then they, I kind of connected them with each other. So then they started taking each other fishing, and it just it created this network of support that I was, I was not prepared for. And that was uh, a large reason of why we started the volunteer program because we wanted, or I wanted to uh, set up that network of support in as many communities as we could across the country. And our, our volunteers now in 19 states are doing an absolutely incredible job. You know, we, uh, our, our top performing state right now is actually Illinois, um, and they're doing an incredible job. But you know, shout out to all our volunteers and all our supporters because, it, you know, we, we would not be where we're at doing what we're doing without each and every one of them. You know, for everyone who clicks like on a Facebook post or, you know, shares an event and what we're doing, all of that helps our organization connect with veterans across the country, and it's, it's, it's very humbling. Yeah, so when was the first fishing trip for Tackle 22 Fishing? What was your first date? Oh, gosh. Um... 
it would be probably around December of uh, 2019. Okay. Um, technical difficulties here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably December of 2019 because when, when we first got started, like I said, I was posting up in uh, Facebook groups and fishing groups around in the community just looking for fishing friends. Right. You know, I was, uh, I was fishing northeast Florida and the coast of Georgia before we moved here, and it's completely different fishing here, so it's great to just get out and connect with people. And, you know, I didn't know anyone here at the time, uh, and it just wound up being a lot of veterans, a lot of active duty uh, soldiers in the area, and it just – it meant a lot more to me than than I expected. You know, it, as much as it was um, therapeutic for those who were taking fishing, mm -hmm. you know, it's still very much therapy for me. So not only, you know, are we going out and having fun, but, you know, it's still comforting to me. You know, I, I couldn't imagine the person that I would be without fishing yeah, in my life. Sure. It's, it's crazy. Um, so then going from that, how, how did you get into 22 states? Like, how, how, how does somebody know about you, find out about you? So just word of mouth. Uh, social media has been incredible okay. for our organization. Uh, we got very lucky and uh, got very popular on social media very quick. And so, you know, just started posting videos or making posts looking mm. for uh, veterans who kind of felt the same way we did. You know, that fishing, fishing was our passion. You know, fishing saved my life. You know, I don't... I don't think you can put a bigger stamp on a hobby than it saved my literally yeah. saved my life, you know, and people connected with not just my story, but um, the story of my girlfriend's cousin, Tyler, uh, you know, KB, the Marine that saved my life, you know, just being transparent about all that was very difficult. It was hard for me initially to talk about it, you know, because there was a lot of guilt with that personally, because he was there for me when I was at my lowest and, you know, through him retiring and I was working overseas at the time of his passing, you know, we just, we lost touch. Mm. So that was, it was very, very difficult uh, for me, but, you know, being able to finally uh, come to peace with it and talk about it, a lot of people connected with our story and wanted to get involved. And the volunteers that we have around the country are absolutely amazing. You know, we would, I couldn't do it without them. Well, and also looking at your flyer, I mean, uh, if, if anybody wants to know more information about Tackle 22 Fishing, uh, they could follow you. Uh, you have a Facebook page. Yes. Uh, just type in Tackle 22 Fishing. You could also, you've got a website, Tackle22Fishing.com, and yep. also uh, a YouTube channel, Tackle 22 Fishing. Is, is that where they, you post videos from the fishing trip? Uh, we, we've since kind of slacked off on YouTube. You know, it got to be kind of a, a, a labor I didn't love very much. Uh, it's very difficult, and it was hard to keep up with the content. Uh, I was traveling so much, and it just got to be exhausting. But uh, we do a lot of live streaming and stuff like that that is on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also find us on, on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, okay. But most of our official communication will be on our Facebook page. Absolutely. And is that where you post pictures and stuff on, on the Facebook Abs page? Absolutely. All of, our, all of our volunteers and stuff like that, they will post their pictures. And for any veterans around the country who might be looking to uh, go fishing with Tackle 22 Fishing, that is where all of our fishing trips get posted. So <clears throat> our volunteers, if 
uh, anyone, any veteran who is in crisis or near crisis will always be prioritized for a fishing trip. So, you know, we, we want that networking piece and the community building piece to be a part of it. So, you know, so often veterans know of other veterans who really just kind of had a, a bad way of it. So those are the people that or those are the veterans that we want to get out fishing first. Um, if we don't have anyone that kind of fits that model, uh, we will post a trip on our social media for any veteran, uh, any honorably discharged veteran, retiree, or active duty service member who would like to go. Uh, our vet, our uh, volunteers will post up the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and uh, any anyone who is eligible can sign up in the comments. So it's a it's a great opportunity to get out, um, <clears throat> especially if if. Uh, if you've not fished much before, uh, because we have some very, very experienced fishermen uh, on our volunteer staff, as well as some excellent charter captains. So it, it's it's incredible to see. So with the, with the fishing numbers, you can what are the numbers? Can you go with one alone? Do you go with a group of five? Do you wait till it, uh, a certain amount? It very much depends on the volunteer. Um, you know, the whole the whole premise of the program is our volunteers are going to go fishing anyway. Uh, so, you know, there's no use going fishing with an empty seat. So, um, you know, for, for me personally, I can carry up to three. Um, but, you know, I, I like it a lot more when it's a one-on-one kind of situation. I, I feel like you, you get more out of it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lot more personal, and we want the program to be personal. For sure. You know, uh, I've made some amazing friends uh, through fishing trips, but... Uh, also, uh, you know, it's meant to be a fishing trip. It's meant to be fun. It's not meant to be a therapy session, you know. So if we if we get to some harder stuff through casual conversation, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, myself and all my volunteers, we go through some uh, training called mental health first aid, which kind of helps bridge uh, how to have the hard conversations as well as how to identify someone in crisis uh, that maybe we need to elevate and get some professional help for because we're not therapists, you know, we're not counselors, we're peer support at best, and we just want to go out and have fun. Yeah, and one of my previous jobs was a professional fisherman in South Africa. Wow. So I used to go on the um, the uh, 60 passenger boats and just yeah. drop my line, and I used to pick up like six fish at a time. Yeah. So I'm really good at fishing. Um, <laughs> so if you ever need somebody. I can always use somebody. Yeah. Especially when it comes time to catch bait. Well, that, I was good at that. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know how to take the fish off the hook yet. So. Well, it sounds like you're as uh, professional in the fishing as I am okay, in the soccer. Well, yeah, that probably could be. <laughs> I'm willing to learn. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you'll pick up fishing a lot faster, and I'll pick up soccer. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I move. I move a little slower these days. But we have a camp. We've got. We've always. We're gonna start something new with the Rapids. Is have a little camp before our games. Awesome. So we've got a lot of six and seven year olds out there. I can. I'll invite you. Oh, they, to come out to that camp. Listen, I, I'm a, I'm a prideful person. I don't. <laughs> I don't need to get uh, posterized by seven year olds who are amazing at soccer. Uh, my my daughter actually is a is a big soccer player for uh, for her middle school, so really oh, cool. I think she'll really enjoy coming to some games this year. Yeah, these women are spectacular. Like to have an excellent role model, these these women on the Rapids, she's gonna have some excellent excellent people to look up to. I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. to to get out to the home opener. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Eddie, it's been great uh, having you on the show, which is going to segue to our next trivia question. All right, we got trivia question number two. If you can come up with the answer, come get your prize courtesy of Tackle 22 Fishing. Also, you can actually post the answer on the comments in the YouTube section and come pick up your prize at the Columbus Rapids office. The next question is, what is the name of the opponent that the Columbus Rapids is facing in the home opener at the Columbus Civic Center February the 1st? I need the city and the nickname of this team in the NISL. Ooh. Who can Ooh. name the opponent? Missed the question. All right. Next question. Okay. So I'm going to repeat the question. Okay. I need the name of the opponent that the Columbus Rapids is facing in the home opener February 1st at the Columbus Civic Center. It is a team in the NISL. We have played them before. Ooh. What's the name? Incorrect. No. Oh, you're we, so close. It was I, I believe right there. I believe we are Memphis's home opener, right? We are. We're yeah. correct. January twentieth. We're yeah. Memphis's um, home opener, but who is coming to Columbus? He's coming to Columbus. Ooh. Uh, Orlando. Uh, oh. Yes. Very good. The Fayetteville Fury is the answer. Awesome. Congratulations to. Christina Riancho, wonder who she's related to. <laughs> come, <laughs> come by and pick up your prize at the office, Warren. That's over by Historic Golden Park. Yes, that office. Yes. Yeah, our, our Rapids um, office hours are from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. So come on oh. out and get your prize. I'm gonna have to stop by and come get some tickets. Yeah, it's, we're <laughs> I need there. to. I need we're to come get. Now, I need so. to come get one of these scarves. Oh, those scarves are nice. Yeah, they yeah. are. I want one so yeah, bad. We, we definitely. Uh, we'll hook you up. <laughs> Eddie, great having you on the show. Thank you very uh, much. Appreciate you being a sponsor for this show, and uh, cannot wait to see you and your daughter at uh, some Rapids games this year. I, I can't wait. You know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be filling filling the seats with a lot of veterans through Tackle Twenty Two this awesome, year. Man. So, Absolutely. you know, the the tickets that we get from from sponsoring the Rapids are gonna be going out to a lot of veterans. So. Yeah, and if you need more, just shout. Like we're there for you guys. So. I love Anything it. Anything you need, man. I love it. Thank you guys very much. Thank awesome, you for having brother. me. Absolutely. Uh, Great I can't to see wait you, to get out there and, and watch some soccer. Yeah, so. for sure. Cheers. All right. That was Eddie Anderson. He is the founder of Tackle 22 Fishing. For a great interview. Uh, the rapid season just can't get here any sooner. That first friendly, December 29th. And then the season will start in the NISL. Year two. We know that the first game is going to be at the Lander Center January the 20th to get the Memphis Americans. That For the women, that's the defending NISL champions. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. You know, the, the men, the Memphis Americans, finished second behind the Fayetteville Fury. So there is some payback there. I mean, I've always a tough travel to go to the Lander Center, which is just outside of Memphis in South Haven, Mississippi. And I, I looked at Memphis has got a great team for both the men and the women. I mean, Pretty much majority of their players are coming back for the Memphis women's team, like Kelsey Keon, Alexis Cat, their goalkeeper, Angel Haley, uh, uh, Lauren Odino-Drawn, one mm-hmm. of the best defenders in the NISL. Yep. And then for the men, the leading goal scorer, he had like 35 goals. Jordy Georgievich yeah. is coming back. It's just incredible, incredible what the Memphis Americans have done and uh, their owner, Andrew Haynes, who's – you know, the commissioner of the league, um, I mean, it's a tall order. But 
You know, and then we have another road trip before our home opener on February 1st. Going down to Tampa, the Youngling Center, for the first time and get to see uh, Martin Gramatica with his uh, coaching experience there and the Tampa Bay Strikers, which, I mean, they're going to have a very impressive team, too. They're, they've actually, like Columbus State's been the farm system for the Rapids. Yep. They're using the University of Central Florida. or South. I keep getting those two mixed up. South Florida, South Florida the Bulls. Yeah. Yep. And then Central Florida Crusaders are using yep. UCF. And it's funny because they have, like, the same – colors yeah, yeah. for uh, the University of Central Florida. It's, it's going to be great. But yes, the Fayetteville Fury is coming to the Columbus Civic Center on February the 1st. That is going to be the first home game and we don't know the rest of the schedule. It, it's got to come here anytime soon. It, it's got to come. Quick. Yeah, yeah. We'll have our first exhibition game uh, December 29th. I'm uh, excited. We'll be playing Lemano, Georgia. Obviously from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, very strong UPSL team, um, strong Latino-based team. Is very this an indoor club or is this an outdoor? It's both. It's really all three. They do outdoor, they do futsal, and they do indoor. So they're very it's, – it's just their motto is to develop young players, and they're basically a farming system, and they basically – outfarm these players to professional organizations so it's a very different setup in georgia with um lemeno georgia um very technical based team um so my goal this year uh with the rapids is is to play football that basically nobody can get the ball from us we'll be able to possess 80 percent of the time um and so these guys know how to play the game. So that'll be our first big matchup on the men's side. Uh, very technical team. Um, so I, I think it should be a good matchup. And then our women are going to play. It's, it's an all-star team that Concord's director um, is putting out where basically he's going to set up players from, he's got a whole bunch of players from Kennesaw State University, North Carolina, um, He's got a whole bunch of players that he's putting together that played. He's got three players from Tulsa, one from Kennesaw State, mm -hmm. three from Georgia Southern, one uh, from CSU, Clayton State down in Atlanta, and CSU from Columbus with Jay, and then two from Mercer, one, one from Southern Miss, and then there's a local girl, um, a 16-year-old, that he's going to put on this roster. So basically it's a top all-star team. Uh, to play our women's uh, team on the on the 29th. So it's a great start for the season to let us know where we stand. Um, right. We have our two players from South Africa coming down on Christmas Day. They're taking the track down from South Africa. They'll be landing in Atlanta on December 25th. And we'll be picking up at the airport so we can start training um, December 29th, 27th and 28th. Uh, to prepare for that first game. So, I yeah, can't, players yes. are ready. I cannot wait to see these two players on the pitch. I mean, yep. You're still signing players. You just recently signed Marissa Parker, yep. who uh, is from Hiram. She was a coach. She played soccer at Alabama State University. And, uh, I mean, you're still continuing to sign players. Yeah, and it's and it's great. I think I think the work that the Rapids and all the staff did last year, it just, it just speaks volume to the program that we had last year because – People are just constantly contacting us, um, just speaking to our media director and 
professional superstar that does all our media and websites and marketing promotions. He just got another, um, you know, tweet, Facebook, my face. I don't know what you called it, but he got another international player from Brazil that's looking to come over, played internationally, played futsal, and you know, he just messaged today that he's looking to come to the men's program. So again, people talk. I think when you offer a good product. Um, other people speak to other players um, and yeah so word just gets around and it really helps bring out those players into our program when you've already had such an established first year so yeah we're fortunate we have um, we have a great core and now we just keep adding to that core and then our goal as well is that not only do we just add to the core is that I'm hoping to get these players to play at the next level so whether it's MASL top indoor league or MLS um, our job is to hopefully get these players to play at the highest level they can and uh, reach their full potential. So that's the plan, and it's, it's looking good at the moment. All right, we got time for one more trivia question. This oh. is going to be one that is going to be hard because, you know, last week I was, like, pulling up famous Columbus athletes like Frank Thomas and stuff. But we do have a major league soccer player that came from Columbus. He played at Shaw and Brookstone. Mm. He played in the MLS for the New England Revolution. What is that player's name? If you can get it in the comment section or just shout it out, you will win a prize. So what is that player's name? And I got the answer in front of me, too. So does anybody know? Anybody uh, MLS fans of uh, New England Revolution? They do play Atlanta United every now and then. Jonathan Mensa. Wow. That was a that was a reach. <laughs> no. Hey, but there there was a player on the US team from Georgia. Uh, I think his first name was Shaq, but I forgot his last Zimmerman. Oh yeah. Zimmerman, yeah. Oh. So there was there Zimmerman. was a, so so to talk about Zimmerman, oh. I coached I coached Zimmerman at GSA. Wow. Yeah. So I when I was coaching out in GSA Walker Zimmerman didn't even make the first team. He was, he was 14 years old. Um, he was on the second team at GSA. And this was wow. the string bean of an athlete. Um, to put it bluntly, he was terrible. He oh. couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. And then somehow got into our first team. And then he is captaining the U.S. national team. So you talk about a great story. Like yeah. That's a that's it's kind of a amazing. Stetson Bennett type story. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's great for any player listening or trying to p pursue a career. It's like you don't, you know. I played profession as a goalkeeper. I signed my contract at eighteen. Okay. And I was a defender until the age of sixteen. Outstanding. So, um, same as Turner. Turner didn't even make. A college team. He was a walk-on, yeah. and now he's. I, wasn't one he of the like top. playing soccer at like the age of sixteen? Yeah, Matt Turner. That's Same setup. So amazing story. It's exciting. So we do have the answer. The answer is Marshall Leonard, the former Shaw Raider, once a Raider, always a Raider, and a Brookstone Cougar as well. All right, we we have time for our final guest of the hmm. night, a member of the Columbus Rapids, also played soccer. Her collegiate soccer at Columbus State. We got quite a few of those, Warren. Uh, former Columbus State Cougars and Columbus Rapids. Yeah. And 
I heard that she is also an actress. What? Please, oh please welcome gosh. to the show, uh, Shava Razy. Uh, Shava, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, you ready for year two? I'm ready. Actress is a bit of a strong term. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I would have hired. I would have signed you first if I knew that. I know. Yeah. Get a poster. You know, t tell us a little bit about this movie you're in. Yeah, so um, during COVID, I didn't have a job, and I was refing full-time, which is something I do on the side, and uh, they had came to us and said that they needed real referees for this movie, and I signed up, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, <laughs> but... I was out there for like maybe three weeks, and we made this. We made a soccer movie. Brian Scurry was in it, which was like the highlight for oh, me wow. personally. Great goalkeeper for Amazing the United States uh, national team. One of the 99ers. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I won't forget when I first saw her from like afar. You know, when you grow up and you like you look up to these people so much, and you see them in person, and I was just like awestruck and. I had seen her from afar, like on set, a couple of days, and then I was walking from lunch, and I accidentally almost like hit her when she was coming out of her trailer, wow. and I was like, "I'm so sorry." I was like, I, "I'm just like, I'm such a big fan," and she's like, "I don't bite, like it's okay." But I was like, "I don't like how. What do you even say to somebody who's inspired you so much?" But yeah, me and her are cool now. So <laughs> we've done some stuff then, since then, some of interviews and some events and things, but. Her and all of the 99ers were a great inspiration to me growing up, so really oh, exciting. Absolutely. A big shout-out to Brandy Chastain from San Jose, California, yes. right where I, I actually, from Milpitas, California, mm -hmm. she's back in my neck of the woods. I remember they had a parade for her after the 99 World Cup, came yeah. back, and it was just incredible. But yeah. uh, let's talk about your collegiate career. You mm -hmm. were a Columbus State uh, Lady Cougar. Uh, you have a sisterhood of teammates on yes. the Rapids. Maddie Peterson, Maddie DeFranco, Olivia Gerald, Bria Riancho, Sydney yes. Vadney, yes. all played for Columbus State. And the Columbus State Lady Cougars just got back from a Final Four appearance where they, you know, they, they lost to Western Washington, but they were able to make it to the Final Four, which is incredible. Uh, just that that sisterhood of, of your Columbus State teammates, uh, transitioning over from your Rapids teammates. Were, were there anybody that you played collegiate soccer with that was your teammates on the Rapids? So actually, no, I'm a little older than all of them, but um, as you said, that family kind of runs deep and we all crossed over at some points in our life. Like I took some of them on their tours when they came. So it's, it's definitely like that generation, not the specific people on our team, but um, I was maybe, I think, three or four years ahead of Maddie and Sydney and Bria and other Maddie and all of them. Oh, the two Maddie twins, Olivia, I like to call yeah. them. <laughs> so um, me and Olivia had the most crossover, I would say. But um, yeah, I, I love them just as much. I think teammates share such a special bond. Uh, I think preseason is such an interesting concept. Like when you come in all as strangers, and then, you know, within four days, you're, like, bent over. It's, like, 106 degrees. Somebody's, like, throwing up. You're, like, bleeding. And then you just, you just after that, like, you just, you become this, I don't know, this inseparable bond that cannot be replicated. I, I, just, I think it's, like, it's just this beautiful thing. How old were you when you started playing soccer? <laughs> uh, I think I was, like, three. Yeah, I, my first memory is soccer. Like, my very first formative memory my dad used to play and they would take me in a stroller or I guess I maybe I was walking then to the adult league where he would play and it was like a park and so my first memory was being out there and just seeing the grass and uh, I think that was probably like maybe I was like four then but uh, I started playing around three years old 
And you were born, raised? I was born in the United States, um, and I was raised mostly in the United States, but I, both my parents come from Iran, and I'm a dual citizen, so I spend a lot of time in Iran, and uh, I'm very Iranian. <laughs> I, I'm sorry about the World Cup loss to the United States. <laughs> Thank you. It was very difficult. Was that, was that the most stressful 90-plus uh, minutes that you have ever faced? And, uh, I, I got to tell you, it was stressful for me. Yeah. Warren, was it stressful for you? It was an incredible game. Could have gone either way. I will say, I will say this with my whole chest that I have never experienced that like feeling before, where I was staring at the screen. I felt like I was about to play. Like I was <laughs> having stress. Like I was worried about them. I was just like, oh my god. Like I was losing it in this. I was watching in the sports bar in my hometown and. Everybody obviously else is a United States fan except me and my mom. I had her painted up next to me, and my mom's just like, doesn't understand the rules still. It's like yelling handball, but it's like yelling at the TV. Bless yeah. her heart. She's been watching for 25 years, still doesn't know what's going on. But it was a very hard fought game. I'm super proud of them. Um, they have a very bright future ahead of them, and so does the United States, honestly. But my blood runs deep with the Iranian national team. It was a very stressful 90 minutes for me. That was great. Oh, and that was. One of the greatest soccer matches I've ever seen from start beautiful. to finish. I was on pins and needles, and yeah. I believe I lost a couple years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I could agree, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the transition from the outdoor game to the indoor game. You play soccer at Columbus State. Mm -hmm. uh, so, first of all, how did you uh, play, start playing soccer at Columbus State? Like, how did you hear about Columbus State first? So, well, I guess to start the story from the beginning, um, I was originally signed um, to a junior college where I went for two years uh, called Darton that no longer exists anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I spent one of those two years at another junior college called Middle Georgia, which also no longer exists. <laughs> and then um, from there, I semi-retired. I kind of was just like, well, I think my career is done here. Darton was an incredible program. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and I guess I looked around a little bit. I spoke to a couple schools just like here and there. and. Columbus State kind of made me the best offer, and I knew of their reputation and Jay's reputation here and how much of a powerhouse they are in the D2 community. And uh, we have the sign on the fence that says, I chose Division Two, which we always joke about. It is, we did choose Division Two. Like, we chose to come here, and um, I really wanted to be a part of such a legendary program. So that's kind of how I made my decision. Um, I thought that Columbus State was the best school that I had on the table at the time when I decided to continue my career. And I, I made it based on that decision. So I, uh, their reputation precedes them. They were always a powerhouse even when I came here. And they've just been getting better and better with time. After you left Columbus State, uh, you chose to come back and play indoor soccer for the Columbus Rapids. Mm -hmm. uh, were you living in Columbus at the time, or did you uh, come back from living somewhere else? So after I retired again from soccer, I went to law school at the University of Florida. And uh, I spent three amazing years in Gainesville. And the first year I was there, I was approached by the club team, but I wasn't really ready to unretire yet. Um, and then the last year I was there, I went out for the club team and I, I ended up playing for a year there. And I just had the most amazing time. And it just relit that fire inside of me for the game that I feel like kind of had maybe just tired out a little bit, as it does, you know, sometimes it wanes. but. I had so much fun and I just really went back to that joy and passion and that love I had for the game. So um, after I left UF, I went back home to study for the bar exam and I took it in February of 2020. And 
um, March of 2020, obviously the world like shut down. So I had a lot of time to kind of like sit with myself and the luxury of, you know, being at home. The good side, I guess, of COVID was that I had a lot of time to think and I really had to reassess like what was important to me and what made me happy. And although I had gone and accomplished like all of my academic goals, I felt like maybe I still had something left in me to play the beautiful game, which like I was raised with and was my one and only true love like that I've had my whole life. So I kind of was, you know, sitting on a fence about it. And I started talking to one of my, my dear, dear friends, Mo, who's an amazing coach. And I kind of had this like harebrained idea that I would maybe go play for Iran's national team. And so I was thinking about it and thinking about it and we kind of just decided to go for it. We were like, why not? So he was amazing to me and really let me come out to all his trainings. He trained me one-on-one. -on -one. I went to all of his practices with his U19 players and I was able to kind of get back to, I, I felt like I was almost better than I was before because I was learning so much from Mo mm. that I hadn't learned about even the number system and like all of these different aspects of the game that I hadn't, I didn't have that very formal training growing up. I just loved the sport so much. So I felt like I was almost even getting this educational side of it that I didn't have before that was making me even better. And it was making me even more excited. So when the time finally came and I did get the call up to go for the national team, I was super, super excited to go. We ultimately decided that it might not be the best decision for me to go. Um, so at that point, I had spoken to Olivia about her decision to sign for the Rabbits, congratulating her, and I had like looked into the team a little bit. But I wasn't really aware of what it was like in, entirely. So I looked into it a little more, and Olivia really legitimized it for me. I was like, if she's playing there, like it's got to be a really good program. So I came to a tryout. I reached out to the coach, and the rest is history. I signed, I think, the next day, and I played in my first game later that week. And oh, wow. that's I do that remember it. that as, <laughs> as I was up in the press box calling all of your uh, home games. So, yeah. uh, Shava, we're really excited about you coming so back excited. to the Rapids for year two. And uh, that first home game, February the 1st, yes. I know it's nice to see your, your teammates from last year, but you also got some newcomers I like do. Carly Banks, Kaylee O'Connor, yes. you know, uh, players that you played against last year mm -hmm. on the Rome Gladiators. So uh, I cannot wait for year two. Warren, I'm telling you, let's, let's bring it. It can't <laughs> get here any faster. I'm honestly really yeah. excited. I think the Rome players bring like a great um, layer, like a level to this game for us. And a lot of, uh, not a, a couple of them are actually friends of mine as well, as well as opponents and teammates and now teammates. So I'm really excited to bring it all together. And I know that they're going to bring lots of, um, lots of their personality, a lot of their aspects of the game. We're just, we're going to make, we, I think diluting the Georgia teams and then now bringing them together and making yes. a bigger and better team is going to be the best decision we made. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, well, it's national championship material, yeah. so no pressure, but... Ring season, yeah. ring chasing. Yeah, let's, let's that get is, that ring. We that is are our ring goal. chasing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was uh, Columbus Rapids player Shava Razy, also an actress. <laughs> yeah, definitely got to check out your In movie. In my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And lawyer. Congratulations on passing the bar exam, Thank too. Thank you. Right? Yeah, I got a, I got a oh, quick, question. quick question. Yes. What is your individual goal? So... For the season? Taking the hat off. Mm -hmm. That's just Sam, your coach. Okay. Which I probably will be for the first two games because that coach is in South Africa. But <laughs> let's say you're playing for me and you've got aspirations this season. What are your what are your ultimate say two or three goals from last year to this year, individually and maybe just one or two for the team? Sure. So 
I have had a lot of time to reflect about the season, and there were a lot of things that I think were done well and a lot of things that we as players need to come together and decide for ourselves like what kind of team we want to be. And um, part of that is meshing both the teams is going to be mm. is going to present itself with challenge present its own set of challenges True. but i am 100 percent sure that we can all come together as one and become this i think team is the key operative word here that it cannot be uh 20 individuals it needs to be one team and everybody is a cog in that machine for sure and i think everybody has to find their own place within that i think everyone does serve a purpose mm -hmm. so I have been finding my own rhythm within the indoor game as somebody who in the outdoor game likes to often play into space and uh, sometimes play a little bit more slowly in the midfield as well as find open players on the flanks and create more dynamic runs. Transitioning that game to the indoor side was a little bit more difficult for me because I am a little bit smaller and I wasn't having as much of the space that I normally have to play. Hmm. So. I think for me, playing faster is going to be very much so an individual goal, which is something I've been working on in the offseason. A lot of close um, ball training and tight turns and things of that nature. And then also the accuracy of my outdoor game with the cleat and the ball that I'm used to versus the indoor shoe and the NISL ball, which yeah. I'm not as used to, really affected my ability to be accurate. Yeah, for so sure. I think training more with the ball on my own time um, is going to be something that I want to incorporate into my off-season training, which I was going to ask you for a ball, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. We're going they are for heavier you. than the normal balls we use, and they're also, they feel a little different. And yeah. so just really understanding how it comes off of my foot in every yep. single way and how it comes off the wall in every single way. Mm -hmm. Because I don't like the unexpectedness almost of that and the surprises. I want to take cut down on that unexpectedness. So yeah. just really understanding how the ball works with my feet and how hitting it in different areas and different places from different things yeah kind of comes it, it just comes with the reps you know yeah yeah for sure but i think i can you know cut down on some of that learning curve myself so i'm gonna work on that stuff individually and love it I'm really excited for the team to come together so very cool yeah. we're excited I'm, we're all excited i'm I, so excited <laughs> I, I cannot wait i mean thank you so much shava just for, for, for being here on the show yeah. warren another great successful episode of <laughs> off the walls rapids podcast live here at ivy park sports and grill thank you so much uh, first of all before we close i just want to thank you to our producers extraordinaire matt jones and lee snow doing an amazing job behind the scenes thank you so much thank you to our owners um matt uh yeah joshua blair and uh matt jones matt jones mike jones we got yeah, mike jones get you guys mixed up mike jones and joshua blair thank you to our joshua owners blair. randall boogs uh, thank you, uh, Warren. Such a great time. Uh, don't forget, next week we'll be back here, same time, same channel, here at Ivy Park Sports Grill. That's it. That's our show. Have a great night, everybody. Cheers.